The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Hey, greetings from the EpiPet Studios. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. Hey, Charlotte, you know, we haven't been together in the studio for a while, so I just wanted to catch up with you and talk about SuperZoo, one of the big pet industry shows. So how was it and what did you see? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that question because we haven't been in the studio in a while. And um, not only as a veterinarian, but also as a product manufacturer, I think it's important for you to know um, about the big industry show, although you didn't have the opportunity to go. What I found really interesting was there was so much pet food, pet food, pet food, pet food. Everywhere I went, there was pet food and there was less and less toys and leash and collars and clothing. So I thought that was really interesting. The show was, of course, huge, not as big as it was three and four years ago. The attendance is still not where it was a few years ago. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of business owners like yourself still need to get help. So a lot of pet store owners couldn't go to the show more than a day because they're leaving their stores with one or two individuals versus having a store staffed with folks. So I thought that was really interesting. But the food was unbelievable. All kinds of food. A lot of people going into the fresh food market. Uh, I worked with two clients. One was Wellness Pet. They have a new product called Wellness Bowl Boosters Freshly. Frozen food, you can buy it in the pet store at PetSmart. Amazon Chewy, that was really interesting. And another gal created um, some fresh food that's edible, made with tenderloin in a can. She has a really interesting concept. It's vacuum sealed. So the shelf life of that food in a jar, believe it or not, get this Dr. Fleck, is two years. Hmm. So that's the kind of food I think is good to have around just in case you have an emergency, you run out or you are on a trip. You don't have to carry those big bulky bags of pet food. And also if there is an emergency, you want something highly palatable for the dog to eat. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you say that too. Um, when you think about it with our disposable income maybe being a little challenged and what can be created in the pet industry right now, it's got to be things of need. What does a pet need? Food. Needs food. So overall, what was your take on the show and how does that trickle down to pet owning consumers? I think with a financial crisis, housing and rents going up, housing ownership, rents interest rate. Um, Disposable income. Yeah, I mean, uh, gas, as you said to me, you know, yeah, gas is coming down, but when we look at it last year, we're still double the price of gas almost. I think people are only buying what they need. So that means if you have a jacket from last year, you're not gonna be buying another one, right? right. Uh, if your leash and collar, if you can get through it for another yeah. year, you're going to do it. People are just not going to spend money. And the toys that the successful toy companies are really a lot of soft toys and ch- toys that can be really chewed up. 
that's it you know so and the ones that are soft are really fad toys they're seasonal halloween christmas toys the companies are constantly changing and subscription is really cutting a lot of things out but then subscriptions are going down Mm -hmm. so yeah it's all about the disposable income and what people really need you know most people don't know how much of a celebrity you are but you're a celebrity because you're on tv a lot what about TV in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, as I told you, um, I did talk about food on TV. I showed a variety of different kinds of food on television. I did a sneak peek. uh, And a lot of the new products are tackling health and wellness. So we have a toothpaste that's twist and lick, which is brush-free dental care. Because let's face it, a lot of people don't brush their pet's teeth. They know what's important. They don't do it because it's a hassle. Then there are a lot of testing kits. Testing kits are really coming into their own. Um, you know, we're exposed to them through COVID-19, but they're really, um, really moving forward in the pet space. You can do urine testing and determine glucose, protein, blood, um, and pH. That kit particularly is called checkup kit. Uh, and then there's also five strands does a test, which I thought is important for blue green algae. They also do intolerable uh, food testing. Um, so urine, a piece of hair. I thought that was interesting because that cuts into taking your pet to the vet. I wish they could find a way to do blood testing easy without having to go to the vet, but you got to go to the vet cause you can't extract the blood. Sure. So, now let's go on with the show so what are we talking about today charlotte well we're talking about how amazon drivers do more than deliver packages that should be interesting dogs are making an impact on the global war on drugs and then dolly parton get this she's got a new pet line i bet you that'll be popular i think it will and september as pet insurance month as well as responsible dog ownership month with the president of the american veterinary medical association that's dr Lori teller from texas a&m let's bring on dr teller okay so dr teller september is responsible dog ownership month can you tell us what it means to be a responsible dog owner i think the first part of being a responsible owner is doing your research before you ever get a dog know why you want a dog what you want to be able to do with the dog. Are you a family with active kids? Are you a runner? Do you just want somebody to sit on the sofa with you at night while you're eating popcorn and watching the baseball games? What role do you want your your pet to play with you in the family? And I say this, and I wish more people did it, but before you ever get a pet, go talk to a veterinarian so that you understand what is involved in owning a pet. Uh, feeding requirements, exercise requirements, housing requirements. And this is true, whether it's a dog, a cat, a hamster, an iguana, whatever it is you choose to get. And find out what some of the financial responsibilities are involved when you own a pet, Um, what kind of healthcare needs they're going to have, whether it's vaccinations, um, parasite prevention, all of those things that you really understand Um, what it takes to have this pet um, in your life. And we're talking for years that a dog can be with you anywhere from 10 to 20 and other pets for even longer than that. You know, that leads me right into talking about how tough 
and the cost of gas and food is frightening people today and why it's more important than ever to consider our dogs in our budgets and our family's economic planning. So can you just tell us about the tough times and what, what pet owners should be doing financially to prepare for this? Yeah, there's a lot that pet owners can be doing to prepare financially, uh, definitely during uncertain economic times. And I probably can't say it enough, but prevention is, is definitely much more economical than cure. So do all of the things you need to do to prevent problems in your pet. Make sure they're current on the, the necessary vaccines that meet their lifestyle needs. So if you have an active dog that, that boards frequently, goes to doggy daycare, those kinds of things may need different vaccines than the one that is just sitting in your apartment um, and not getting out much. Appropriate vaccines, flea and tick prevention. People don't realize these parasites actually cause diseases beyond just itchy. And so a lot easier to prevent those kinds of diseases that parasites carry. Heartworms, um, that's a problem for our dogs and cats. So much easier to prevent than it is to, to treat. Um, all of those kinds of things, preventive care will get you so much further and make it so much easier than if your pet were to get one of those diseases that we can prevent. Exercise, maintaining a healthy weight. Obesity, as y'all probably know, is the nutritional problem that we see in our pets. And so, of course, maintaining a healthy weight, um, that usually means you're, you're feeding less food. Um, it means you're also getting out and exercising, those kinds of things, um, which doesn't cost a lot to, to take your, your dog for a walk or to use a, a feather str on a string pole, right? <laughs> <Yes. Fishing pole> <laughs> <toy>. <laughs> on your cat for your cat. Um, those kinds of things are really, really easy. And some things for people to keep in mind too is pet insurance, health insurance, an appropriate investment, um, especially if your pet gets a very serious disease um, or suffers from a traumatic injury. The, the pet insurance may be something to look into that can help you with some of those unexpected costs as well. Dr. Fleck, hold that thought. Okay. I know you always have more to talk about. Dr. Teller, we need to take a commercial break. Can you stick around sure. for another segment? Yes. Great. And I want you guys to stick around with us because up next we're talking about celebrity pet news and Flex Facts. And a little later in the show, I'm talking in global pet news about dogs making an impact on the global drug wars. Be back in a buzzworthy moment. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Hey, I'm petrendologist Charlotte Reed, and I know you love your dog and you want to treat him well, but with so many treats in the pet marketplace, how do you choose? I look for treats with natural ingredients, not artificial ones or preservatives, and that's why I feed my dogs Hunter's Healthy Treats. You can choose pumpkin, sweet potato, or peanut butter heart-shaped treats. Not only are they good for your dogs, but your dogs will love the taste too. For healthier treats and happier dogs, choose Hunter's Healthy Treats. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. 
visit huntershealthytreats.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We're back with the new president of the AVMA, Dr. Lori Teller. I believe you had a question, Dr. Fleck. Yeah, Dr. Teller, it seems like in, in the fall is a time for natural disasters like we see in Florida, including but not limited to the hurricanes, wildfires that we see all the time, tornadoes and flooding, which seems to be a popular disaster these days. Especially in Texas after a hurricane. Well, middle America. Yeah. Tennessee, ah. Kentucky, etc. So why is it so important to include your dog in your disaster preparedness planning? Dogs are part of our family and they need to be taken into consideration whenever you are going to evacuate because of a, a, a disaster, um, whether it's a wildfire, hurricane, flooding, any of these things. So plan ahead, just like you prep yourself and your family uh, for a disaster. Make sure you have at least one to two weeks worth of food, medication, uh, supplies that maybe you may need to have bottled water, not only for your family, but make sure you have enough to cover your pets as well. Uh, get a copy of your medical records. I think it's a great thing to do before every, in, in my case, hurricane season, since I'm in Texas, uh, just make sure I have up-to-date medical records. If your pet is not microchipped, uh, get it microchipped and make sure you register it in the database. If it's already in the database, make sure that in contact information is current. Um, even despite your best efforts, you may be separated from your pet. And if your pet ends up in a shelter, the first thing they're going to do is scan it for a microchip and try to contact you. So make sure you have a couple of good phone numbers in, in that system. Also a caller ID, um, make sure you have leash for your, your dog, a carrier for your cat or carrier for a small dog. All of those kinds of things you should have ready. Poop bags um, or, or disposable litter trays, those are all good things to travel with as well. And then know your evacuation route. Um, so if you're in some place where wildfires or hurricanes are, are common, know where you are going to go and make sure wherever you are going also accept pets. So whether that's a family member's home or a hotel or a shelter, make sure that they will take pets because you don't want to end up someplace at the last minute and not be able to have your pet come in with you as well. And don't forget the wee-wee pads. <laughs> well, point. Dr. Teller, thank you so much for visiting us on the Pet Buzz. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed my time. Can you give us some more information about responsible dog ownership by sharing a website with our listeners? Yes, I would encourage your listeners to go to the American Veterinary Medical Association website, and that is avma.org. Lots of tremendous information about being a responsible pet owner, some of these diseases we talked about, uh, and so much more. Just to remind you that tremendous interview was with Dr. Lori Teller a clinical associate professor of telehealth at Texas A&M College of Veterinary Medicine and Biomedical Science and a decent football team. She is the new president of the American Veterinary Medical Association, so she is my new president. Celebrity Buzz. You know, I love me some Dolly. Yeah, did you hear the news? Dolly Partner is partnering with Sport Pet to launch Doggy Parton, a new line of canine apparel, accessory, and toys. The 20-plus items in the collection include lots of gingham wear, including overalls, 
dresses, western collared shirts, bandanas, collar and leash sets, and a harness. And for a cowgirl, attire is just as important as squeaky toys. Now get this. There is even a blonde bombshell wig, which I'm sure will be the highlight of the collection. Now, the face of the collection is Parton's god dog, Billy the Kid, who is a French bulldog owned by her manager. And a portion of the proceeds from Dolly and Billy's pet project will go to the Willoughby Farms, a Nashville-based animal rescue organization where animals in need find never-ending love. You may ask, what is my favorite piece in the collection? Now, I got to tell you this, and this is fantastic. It's a doggy t-shirt that says, in a world full of Jolene's, be a dolly. (laughs) Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. So, Dr. Fleck. Today's topic is fall pet health and safety issues to watch for. You know, while every season brings new environments, activities, and entertainment for your pets, seasonal changes can also introduce new safety risks that pet owners must be mindful of. So the fall season may not bring frigid temperatures or a high risk of severe weather, but there are still a number of new dangers that pet owners need to be mindful of when bringing their animals outside. So when it comes to protecting your pets, a little awareness goes a long way. You know, it's so glad that you brought up this topic because we don't really talk about a lot of fall dangers in general when it comes to pets. Okay, so what should pet owners watch out for? Maybe seasonal allergies. Hmm. While the fall season typically doesn't bring dangerous low temps, one important aspect of the autumn weather safety is being aware of increasing dryness in the air, which can exasperate seasonal allergies, among other health issues. And that's true, because I'm somebody who suffers from allergies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what else? Keep pets away from those poisonous substances. Rat poison and other pest control poisons are commonly used in the fall, as mice and other rodents are looking for a place to call home for the winter. These can also be deadly for your pets. If you put down rodenticide, make sure your pet cannot reach it. That's really, really key. Do you remember we did that interview with a professor from University of Florida, and he talked about making sure when you go to the store to buy rodenticide that the antidote is going to be vitamin K because some of the newer products, which are not new, they're older products, being relabeled, revisited, and resold can really kill your pet because vitamin K does not work as an antidote. That's correct. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Talk to us about the importance, Dr. Fleck, of flea and tick medication, even in the fall. You know, people think that you're not going to get fleas and ticks during the winter, but you can. You can be in the most horrid winter temperatures, the the cold, the snow, and you're going to still see fleas and ticks. So keep up with your flea and tick medications. Leaf piles and other debris can be prime habitats for ticks, and ticks tend to be more active in the fall as the temperature drops. Preventative medication will protect your pet from potential infectious bites. Uh, What else can you think of? Rooms, mushrooms. Ah. Think of those babies. Many of mushrooms are are in bloom in the fall, and while the majority of mushrooms are non-toxic, the small minority can be potentially life-threatening. 
Additionally, it can be difficult to tell the difference between toxic and non-toxic varieties if you're not skilled in mushroom identification, which most of us aren't. Steer clear of any outdoor spaces where mushrooms have been spotted and check regularly in your yard and remove those that do spring up. Make sure to wear disposable gloves too to throw away mushrooms and to throw those gloves out immediately you know i'm glad you brought that up because i have crazy mushrooms and the thing about mushrooms is maybe the day before they won't be there and then you'll have a full-blown mushroom the next morning i've had mushrooms that have sprouted up in the front yard literally the diameter across is like six to seven inches and they weren't there at six or seven o'clock right. the day before it's crazy and here in florida in my yard specifically i have i get yellow mushrooms i get like wavy mushrooms big mushrooms i mean i there's so many mushrooms the only ones i haven't seen are these yellow mushrooms which i used to get all the time but i mean i'm always the other day i was literally pulling mushrooms out of the lawn with gloves throwing them away i actually picked one up ran in the house washed my hands because i had no idea what it was went put on my nitrate gloves and then picked up the mushrooms gathered them in a plastic bag threw them out with the gloves and then ran back in the house and washed my hands think about it mushrooms are a fungus they're classified as a fungus from biology hmm fungus produces a lot of problems sometimes don't they and with someone who has severe contact allergies since moving here i don't want to have any problems okay Lastly, anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex Facts for the week. Thanks, Dr. Fleck. We missed our weekly dose of Flex Facts. Up next, my I Likey of the week, the Pet Buzz mailbag, and our next guest, Kristen Lynch, talking about pet insurance. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck. I likey of the week. It's genius. It's to die for. You know, dogs love chewing on pig ears, bully sticks, and dog antlers. The fact that they last a long time helps save you money on chew toys from really powerful chewers. And also, they appeal to our sense of what is natural for our dogs. But a lot of people don't realize they can cause health problems, not only for your pooch, but vet bills for you. So what's the alternative? Loving Pets Be Choosy. It's an alternative line of your favorite canines, favorites, but they're better, smarter, healthier, and safer treats made with pork, chicken, and beef that are lower in fat, still long lasting with that great chewing action, a lot more digestible. They smell and taste awesome to dogs. And if, here's the best part, they won't splinter, saving you big bucks at the vet. And of course, because it's loving pets, they're made in the US of A. So check them out, the Be Choosy line at Loving Pets with an S, products with an S dot com. That's Loving Pets Products dot com. The Pet Buzz Mailbag. You've got mail. So Dr. Fleck, Trish from Florida writes, Dr. Fleck, can I give my Tootsie Benadryl for allergies? You know, thanks for writing, Trish. 
many veterinarians feel as though Benadryl and OTC is really a very common treatment option to help pets with allergies and other problems. So yes, it is okay to give your pet these pills. However, you need to consult with your vet about dosage amounts and whether your pet in particular would benefit from this medication. Generally, dogs and cats are given proper dosage amounts based upon their size. So find out from your pet's vet just how much your pet may need. And one last thing, Trish, keep listening to the best of Pet Talk Radio and write to us again if you need us. Wasn't that nice of Trish to write? I'm yeah. glad she did. She had a question for you. And so many people give their pets Benadryl. I don't give my pets Benadryl because I had allergies one year when I lived out in East Hampton. And I kept taking it so much that I found myself sleeping all the time and getting heavily depressed. So I just don't keep it just in the a, house. Just a tip. People give their kids Benadryl when they go on trips sometimes. Yeah. That can be sometimes used for the pet. When they go on sure, a trip. and that's probably a better choice. I just cannot take Benadryl. I just don't have it in the house. That was a great pet buzz mailbag, a good question, and a common question that I think that a lot of people are concerned with giving their pets Benadryl. So I'm glad that she brought that up. Ask you your can. vet. Just yeah. ask your vet. Yeah. Hey, I've been told our next guest is holding on the phone. Hey, Kristen, how you doing? Thanks for joining us today on the Pet Buzz, and welcome back. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here, and I'm really excited to uh, chat with you both. Hey, just so you know, Christine Lynch is the Executive Director of the North American Pet Health Insurance Association. You know, September is National Health Insurance Month, a time when, as a pet parent, you can take some time and acquire more knowledge about keeping your pet safe and healthy as veterinary costs rise. So, Kristen, what exactly is pet insurance? How does it work? And what regulatory body oversees it? Pet insurance is sort of like human health insurance. It's underwritten in the States as property and casualty insurance, which is like your home or your auto. So it works very much the same. It covers accidents and illness. And um, some folks offer wellness coverage alongside that, but that's typically a separate policy that you add on or it comes embedded inside the coverage. So what regulatory body oversees it? It's very much like uh, the way your home and auto insurance would work, except that those coverages are mandated. So you must have them in order to operate a vehicle or own a home. Pet insurance is voluntary. So it's really regulated on a state by state basis. And so where you live largely influences what your policy will look like. And um, there are nuances in each state. So then can you tell us why pet insurance is really such a good idea and is it really worth it? You know, when your pet is um, part of your family and for those of us who um, really do value our pets in that way, I think that um, pet insurance offers you the opportunity to be proactive about your pet's health um, in times when, you know, you need to be. So I think it's it's really an empowering financial tool for all of us. So I guess she's saying it's worth it. I think she says so too. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Kristen Lynch, the executive director of the North American Pet Health Insurance Association. So uh, Kristen, what does pet insurance cover? It typically covers accidents and illness or accidents only. 
Um, and, you know, the funny thing is that we think of accidents as the thing that we're most likely going to deal with when we're getting coverage. You know, we all know about, you know, the pet that gets out and, you know, has a little incident with a vehicle or things or, you know, falls or um, is injured in, you know, playing with other pets or out on a walk. But illness is actually far more likely to happen with our pets. And just like us, as we age, um, illness is the thing that comes up that, that we want to be able to take care of. Sure. And pets, as Dr. Flex says, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, in fact, pets are living longer and longer. And also, in part, due to innovations in human health that now are being applied to pet health. Right, Dr. Flex? Absolutely. And because of that, with the aging pets, just like aging people, there's more medical issues. And you have to take that into consideration as you move along financially for your care. Sure. I'm just curious, since it's starting to catch on with some human pet owners, um, I'm asking, does uh, some insurance cover telemedicine? Yeah, so some some policies definitely cover it. The other thing that's really interesting is that some coverage includes telemedicine support. So they offer um, separate lines and things like that that people can call in and that help bridge the gap between your vet practice and you know those hours that I was talking about, you know, the Friday at midnight when your pet decides to get into something, or maybe that's the time that you happen to notice that they're not themselves because you have the downtime to do that. Is it true that nearly four million US dogs and cats had pet insurance in 2021? And then how does that compare with the year before? So, you know, it's been growing in the double digits uh, for a very long time. But what we we did see was during the pandemic, um, it grew even more exponentially. And part of that, I think, was obviously people were acquiring new pets. Um, some people I know got pets for their pets. <laughs> but um, I think it's also growing because we're living at home and we're working from home sometimes we're spending more time with our family and you're noticing your pets in a different way and you realize um, you want to be able to take care of them when those tough times come um, but the other interesting piece was for a lot of us our our finances have been affected during that that time as well and so pet insurance is, was a way for people to um, make sure that they had that support in place for them and for their pet when they needed it. But it's still fairly low. I mean, how many, what's the percentage of the population with pet insurance? It's nearing around 2%. Now it's much higher for dogs than it is for cats. And, and, and I think it's partly because people think of their cats as, um, you know, they live inside and their love can protect their cat from accident and illness. And, and we all know that, uh, it doesn't matter how much we love our pet, accident and illness still happen. So, And it's still lower than compared to Europe, correct? Right. It's been around a lot longer there. Uh, but I also think it's partly just a mindset. You know, um, I think people are just more comfortable with the idea of coverage, um, you know, a little bit more traditional that way. Um, and uh, here, it's still more of a novel concept. It has been around since the 80s. But um, for a lot of people, they're just really learning about it. And, you know, with each generation of pets, 
um, at, you know, even the last 10 years, that knowledge has just changed dramatically. The idea that pet insurance is here um, and it's something here to stay, I think, is has really evolved in the last couple of years. Hold that thought. Kristen is going to stick around because Dr. Fleck and I have more questions about pet insurance. Up next, global pet news. And of course, tell me something good. Training matters for all dogs, especially for puppies. To make training fun and enjoyable, motivate your pooch with Hunter's Healthy Treats. Hunter's Treats contain no corn, wheat, soy, preservatives, added flavors, or food coloring. Dogs love them because they're soft-baked with healthy ingredients like pumpkin, peanut butter, and sweet potato. Train your dog to give him the best life with the best motivation. Hunter's Healthy Treats. Visit Hunter'sHealthyTreats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrodologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. Well, we're back with Kristen Lynch talking about pet health insurance because September is National Pet Insurance Month, a time where you can take some time out and learn about pet insurance and why maybe you need to get it. So I guess my next question is, on average, what does pet insurance cost in the United States and what factors determine the price in various cities, regions, and or states? We take a number of things into uh, account when we're underwriting a pet. So the first thing is obviously what is the species, cat or dog, and the breed, um, because, you know, obviously you're going to use um, more, not just material, but longer uh uh, longer treating times and things like that, sometimes for large animals than smaller animals. So those are factors. And then there's things like um, your location. And part of that is because the cost to run a veterinary practice, the overhead, the cost to treat pets can vary pretty dramatically from say downtown Manhattan to you know Boise, Idaho. And then the last piece is the age of your pet. As we age, the likelihood of us getting um, sick or injured is more common it's the same with our pets so a pet that's older is a higher risk for for coverage so i'm a consumer a pet parent and i'm beginning to look for pet insurance companies and there's a lot of them that have emerged in the last few years so how can i distinguish between all of them and where can pet owners look for help to understand what's the best fit for them and their pet we have a great resource on our site that is um uh, nafia.org you probably uh, have that information up later but on there we have a page called find pet insurance where we list all the coverage i would say that 99 percent of uh, companies are members of our association and that's great for for pet owners because they can find uh, the coverage that fits for them you might find that your home and auto insurer has coverage and there might be a benefit to you in getting coverage sort of bundled in. You might also find that there are brands that you're more comfortable with, you know them. They have a personality and a philosophy of practice that, that you associate yourself with and you feel good about it. But for those of us who don't, I like to say, call a couple companies, talk to your vet and find out, you know, what companies have you had a good experience with and uh, would you recommend that you're seeing in your practice? And talk to those companies, find out um, you know, the way their coverage works, and then choose the one that feels most comfortable for you. But don't overthink it because 
every time you wait and put it off, you also run the risk of not having the coverage in place when you need it. So what new developments are we seeing in the pet insurance arena? So some of that is the wellness piece. Um, and I touched on that before, but um, the idea of being able to bundle wellness coverage into your policy or have wellness coverage sitting alongside of it. Um, one of the things that is happening on a national level is, um, and you know, it's not something the consumer sees very much, but that is that there's a national movement to sort of unify what a policy looks like from one state to another. So that if someone moves from state to state or um, lives in a different state at some point in, in the time of their coverage, they can see um, their coverage being virtually the same as it was before they moved. That's cool. Eventually they'll have a pharmaceutical plan like the seniors do on social security. Just like with um, human health, uh, there are a lot of new medications available for pets uh, and those are included in the coverage when a pet is prescribed by a doctor as part of an illness or accident. And there's ongoing advances that get included in coverage. It's not like they go and they decide this is what I want to add to coverage. Most of the conditions that a vet will prescribe for or a vet will make recommendations for are going to just be included as part of accident and illness. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you maybe share your website for our listeners? Yeah, it's www.naphia.org. That was Kristen Lynch, the executive director of the North American Pet Health Insurance Association. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. Dogs continue to make an impact on the global war on drugs. A drug-sniffing dog in Rome led police at a Milan airport to find nearly 30 pounds of cocaine stuffed into the leather upholstery of a motorized wheelchair, whose user immediately stood up and was arrested, authorities said. So the special line canine unit was being deployed at Malpensa Airport to check arriving passengers and their luggage from a flight from the DR, that's the Dominican Republic, since previously drug couriers had used this route in the past. When a dog drew officers' attention to the traveler, police first checked his luggage, which yielded nothing. They obviously probably next checked his person and then they slashed the wheelchair's upholstery, discovering the cocaine. Police said that when the cocaine was found, the chair user, a Spaniard, who had requested airport personnel to help guide the wheelchair, got up and walked without assistance, and immediately he was taken into custody. The passenger was taken to a local jail where a judicial authorities upheld his detention pending investigation of the, of the case. Police said that 11 packets of cocaine could have yielded some 27,000 individual doses of the drug. So with an increase in terrorist activity and drug smugglers, there has been a growing need for airports to develop their security operations. Detection dogs are quite often brought in to help detect illegal substances, such as drugs and explosives. There is no denying that detection dogs cannot replace humans when it comes to airport security, but what they can do is provide an extra level of security. Even though humans smell using most of the same equipment as dogs, there are huge differences. Dogs are better at sucking in odors. Their noses are longer and roomier than ours, so they can inhale more 
air per sniff. A detection dog can also have 20 to 40 times more odor receptors in their noses than we do. So although the dogs with the handler can cost millions of dollars to house, to feed, to train, it's important to note they need to be effective. So I'll give you an example. Back in 2016, a team of sniffer dogs set up at the Manchester airport cost about 1.25 million pounds. That's about 1.7 million. Proved to be adept at discovering small amounts of cheese and sausage that people brought into the country, but they were not good at finding smuggled drugs. So during the seventh month period, the six dogs had failed to find any illegal class of drugs that were consistent with what really was the trend of heroin and cocaine. And that's why training these dogs is key, just like the dog in Italy who sniffed out that big score of cocaine. So we all are amazed by what working dogs can do, and we must continue to support them. A lot of their upfront training costs are about 50,000 plus, but when they're effective, they are highly effective and that training and those costs pay off. So um, I guess really with all of this excitement, I mean, I'm really excited about, you know, seeing some new pictures of Fisher mm -hmm. and really kind of keeping up with him on a more regular basis. You know, he's starting to get noticed and starting to make money, yes? He is. Um, you know, we've gotten some sponsorship from a paddleboard company. Um, we've done a couple other water sports um, and uh, there's also a uh, possibility of with a Tumblr company. Like, it's just crazy how people are reaching out because it's such a novelty. And we're hoping that, although it's great that it's a novelty for them to see Fisher, that maybe it won't be a novelty in a couple of years. And for people to, like, a, a couple of years ago, we would get stopped and it was like, is that really a cat? You take him out of the house? You take him out on the water or whatever? And I feel like more now and, like, you know, we're hearing, oh, okay, so I've seen other cats do that. Like we had him in downtown St. Pete and we were walking and we ran into somebody who had their cat in a backpack. So yeah. I like that it's becoming more common and that people just realize like you don't have to leave your cat at home and you can, you know, depending on their personality, their breed definitely plays into it, but their personality has everything to do with it. And, you know, whatever they want to do, if they're willing to go to adventure, I love that we can encourage that. But I also think it's really about sharing your lifestyle with your pet. I mean, you know, you see that obviously so much with dogs where you'll see them on kayaks. You'll see them paddle boarding. You know, obviously they go outside. Where can most cat owners go and congregate? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of options. And it is funny because, you know, we're very cautious, but Fisher's very outgoing and really patient. When we run into people, it's almost always with dogs. And dogs are always curious. And most of the time, the dogs are smaller than Fisher. So, which yeah. is hilarious. So, uh, what's Fisher's favorite things to do at home? Like, when he's playing, does he have specific toys? Does he have a cat tree that he likes to look out the window? He like absolutely has a cat tree. And he looks out the window. We call him the mayor because we live in an area where a lot of our neighbors will walk by in the condo. And they always say hi to Fisher. He just, he sits, he sits you know, guardship, I, I would say, over the condo. And then there are people that literally go past the elevator towards the stairs so they can go it so um, they can say hi to Fisher. And then he loves his scratch post at the end of the bed. You know, when he wakes up in the morning, he goes there, he scratches. He's teaching his little brother to do that too. And they stretch and they yawn and they do that. And um, 
I mean, really, we're just living in his world. I think everything in the condo is for him. We have a cat wall that has different shelves and they go up there and that's where they're also relaxing a lot of the times. And I think we're just lucky that they let us spend our own time on the couch and share it with us. Now, so. is you, now Fisher has a little brother. Yes. So is he as advent? Is he a Maine Coon? And as he, as as he added, as adventurous, I had a hard time saying that. Um, <laughs> as Fisher, he is, and um, it's funny because Fisher is very relaxed, but he also he you know when he likes something and you know when he's like I'm not doing that, and he's very strong headed. Like if he wants to walk a certain direction, you are going to be walked by your cat. And um, and Sailor is we joke around that he's very floopy. Like he is just very very chill and you'll pick him up and he's very trusting and he just like melts in your arms he sleeps on his back and he just is up for just about anything like he's just following in fisher's footsteps and we're just trying to get them to adventure together and they're getting used to creating their own dynamic and it's been hilarious so we didn't know if we were going to get a boy or a girl so that's why we thought sailor might be a good one and, you know, it's funny because we were thinking of all the water names and Captain came up and we were like, we can't have a second sibling. No, we can't have a sibling be named Captain over Fisher. That's no. just not the right rank. No. And then plus, you, you, their dad's a captain. Exactly. You would, would you have to call him CJ, like Captain <laughs> Junior? You know what I mean? Now, so Fisher, now he's starting a TV career. Is that, is that correct? He is. Um, he won't be on TV anytime soon because we um, were actually accepted to be on a national show um, and we didn't uh, have the opportunity to follow through because of his radiation treatment. So when we had to treat him for cancer, it, it intervened with that schedule. So hopefully when it comes back around, we'll be able to do it again. But I mean, he's been on TV. He's been on the news. Um, he's been on more things than most cats. <laughs> <laughs> Like is that she, a thing? <laughs> I like how you said that he's been on TV more than most cats. I mean, you know, I bet you some of those neighborhood cats are jealous. Right? They should be. I mean, he does. He did get free treats for some time for being a spokesperson for uh, Temptations as well. So, I mean, he, he's living the life. He's definitely collecting all of the booty. All of the cat feline booty. I love that. Right? Well, you know, I love these human interest stories because they they make you dream. They make you realize that you can have a relationship with your pet beyond the house, beyond your home, behind those four walls. And life can be more about the outside world than like sitting there with a fishing pole or, you know, just the cat tree. He can really experience the outdoors with, you know, very vigilant um safe parents and i mm -hmm. applaud both of you for that because i think that's really part of the equation Thank so you. you know it's funny because i'm one of those people when the kid when a kid graduates from high school i always congratulate my friends the parents first <laughs> exactly. because i know <laughs> right because i know how much sacrifice it took mm -hmm. so i can only imagine how much it the cost to your life or the time commitment to really dedicate to the cat so that you can do those activities. Last question. Um, does Fisher like getting a bath? We don't really bathe him unless he's been in salt water and he's uh -huh. pretty easygoing. Like 
a lot of times, especially when we go down um, to the springs, Crystal River, it's fresh water, so we don't need to. But anytime he goes, like when we go to the Keys and we take him in the water there, um, when we ho like don't hose him down, but we have like a gallon jug of water. And so we rinse him off when he gets in the boat. And then when we get back to our room, our hotel or wherever we're staying, um, Finn gets in the shower with him and we rinse him off and we give him a little bath. And I think because his dad's holding him, he just is kind of passive and judgy. He just sits there and he's like, oh. okay, I'll do so, it. I'll mm -hmm. get cleaned up. Crystal but that's River. the only time we bathe him. So he's, he's compliant, which is good because we don't want the salt water getting into him and right. you know i mean if Isn't humans there alligator, this, aren't there alligators oh. in crystal river well not in the areas we go in and okay. um finn grew up in that area but oh and trust me i am a nervous nelly like we don't go anywhere where there are potential dangers there's enough threat in the world that you don't know about we sure. don't need to like encourage it we don't go where sharks are we don't go where gators are like i'm very respectful of mother nature and I just think Fisher's very cute, and we want to keep him that way for a long time. Sure. So. I'm sure you have, like, albums of pictures. It's ridiculous. This cat is very well photographed. I mean, I feel like it's like, you know, when somebody comes back from a long trip, and you're like, oh, it's the 17th picture of that. I'm like, and here's Fisher sitting, and here's Fisher sitting in this position, and here's Fisher breathing. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> Your friends probably think you're insane. Like, they go home and talk it. about it. Like, we love them, but, like, Maybe they should have a kid instead of a cat. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, today, more people have pets. There are more pets in this country than kids. And, you know, they don't talk back. They don't talk back. You don't have to save for college. And in my entire career, I've been in education. I love other people's kids. Yeah. But I like having animals. Yeah. And there's no wedding to think about and no in-laws. So that's... <laughs> Well, I mean, there could be at some point, but, you know, for the most part, no. Well, this Lorraine, is true. Yeah. Lorraine, thank you so much for, for being here and talking about Fisher and your family adventures. So thank everyone, you. you can check Fisher out on FisherTheMainCoon.com. Oh, no, it's Facebook. What am I saying? Facebook.com, mm -hmm. FisherTheMainCoon. Now, is he on Insta? He is. He's on Facebook and Insta, and it is at Fisher the Maine Coon, both of them. And you can watch God. all of his adventures, and Dad picks out really good music for his videos. Ooh. And we also, you know, his dad is really good. We get a lot of questions like, how did you leash train? How did you get the harness on him? How did you learn how to water? So we, you know, we just try to respond and encourage anybody that's trying to do it safely with their pets to reach out to us. We're happy to support that. I, you know, even better. And I think that's great. And I think it's one of the reasons why you're here, because you are so inspirational, but even better, you'll take the time to encourage people to really make their, their pet, their cat a part of their life. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And thanks for following Fisher. Yeah. I want you guys to come back. I want to come six Anytime. months. I want to come back. I want to know what Sailor's up to, and I want to see how Fisher's recovering, and hear more about Fisher as he gets older. Would awesome. love to. Thanks. Thank you. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. 
Amazon drivers do more than just deliver packages. And last week, an unnamed Amazon delivery driver is being credited for saving the lives of three puppies, three Boston Terrier puppies, after calling 911 when she noticed smoke coming from a home along her route in Florida. Because of the driver's quick response, firefighters were alerted and were able to extinguish the flames before they spread. In addition, the department rescued those three Boston Terrier puppies that were trapped inside the home. You know, the homeowners were not home during the time of the fire and the puppies after they were rescued were treated for smoke inhalation and revived actually revived by the firefighters and that's according to the columbia county fire rescue now firefighters contained the fire to the room where it was started so i would think that would mean that where the puppies were is where the fire broke out so they actually wrote on facebook they wanted to thank that amazon driver who noticed the smoke and called 911. Um, and they also wrote, since the homeowner was not at home at this time, she saved the home and the puppies' lives. And here's also something that emerged from this story. Additionally, the rescue pooches, they lost their beds, their toys, their bowls in the fire. And the owners said that thanks to the kind support of the local community, um, however, that the puppies and the owners are fine and they're recovering from the incident and one of the rescues totally helped by paying the deductibles for the care at the hospitals so that amazon driver as well as the community in action to help save the lives of these three dogs and help that own owner now that's something really good it's time to wrap the show, but before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about the importance of identifying canine and feline genetic disorders with DNA as a means to plan ahead with viable and other treatment options. Dr. Fleck, will you thank our guest? I sure will. Special thanks to our guests, Kristen Lynch and Dr. Lori Teller. And of course, we must always thank the, our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Use the code, the pet buzz, and you can receive a 25% discount. And of course, Hunter's Healthy Treats, those soft-baked yummy cookies, which your dogs will love. And if you have any questions, write to us at team at the we will cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. More importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.